speaking on a message titled The Destroyer of Destiny. The Destroyer of Destiny. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I know you're here. I have no doubt in my heart that you're here with us. Our Father God, I know you're here. We thank you. We are your children. And we know you love us. And you are at work in our lives. Help us to yield to you. And to love you. In return. With much gratitude in our heart. Towards you for all that you have done. Thank you. In Jesus name. Amen. I want to let you know that. Every child of God, when you get born again, when you receive Jesus into your life, you are born of the Holy Spirit. If that's a true experience, at that point, you became a member of the family of God. You receive... The DNA of God, it's a spiritual DNA, something that you can't see, but it's a DNA of success. And long in that DNA is your destiny. Every one of us has a destiny that was delivered to you, and you have to live it out and arrive at your destiny on the earth, and then year after. So God is the giver of destiny. God is the one who gives destiny. And we take delivery of the destiny that God has given to us. You were born with a glorious destiny delivered to you. According to the word of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 30 tells us that very clearly. He said because God predestined you, he called you. And those he called, he called to be glorified. So you are called by God. And God himself, we know to glorify God, don't we? We know to glorify God. God called you to glorify you. In other words, to give you a glorious destiny. There is no failure with the destiny that God has given to you. If you don't arrive at your destiny... And remember, the destiny that God has given to us is twofold. There is a destiny that we get into here on earth and live that through. And then there is a destiny year after. When God called Abraham from, from the land of all and called Abraham to the promised land, he said, come, follow, and I'll show you to the land that I'll show you. He had a land for Abraham. But if you read in the New Testament, Abraham wasn't looking for a physical land. He was looking for a land from God. So, but God delivered the land to Abraham, a land flowing with milk and honey. Right here on earth. That's your destiny on earth. Here, when you come to God, God has a glorious destiny for you. You cannot be a failure. You don't have that in your DNA. You can never fail if you are following the ways of God. You can never fail. 
If you don't get to your destiny, the only reason why you didn't get to your destiny is because of you. You caused it. And the vehicle that you use to destroy your destiny is sin. Sin is the destroyer of destiny. Now, I know you've heard a lot of definition about sin, the disobedience to God. But let me give you my definition. I believe it's true. Sin is not allowing the word of God to guide how you live on the earth. That's sin. When you don't allow the word of God to guide how you live on the earth, you sin against God and that sin will destroy your destiny. Here and hereafter. Not just here. But hereafter. So sin is the, the, the destroyer of our destiny. And we allow sin to destroy our destiny. If you are born again, your destiny is secure in God. That's what the Bible tells us. He called you to glorify you. But if you allow sin in, sin will destroy your destiny. And he's done that in the Old Testament. You remember Samson? His destiny was not where how he ended. He ended with eyes that couldn't see. Because he allowed sin into his life. So sin can separate you from what God originally intended for your life. Righteousness, on the other hand, is what connects you to the giver of destiny. See? God is the giver of destiny. And righteousness is the one that delivers your destiny to you. Because he gets it from the giver of destiny. That's why God gave every one of us. When we are born again, he becomes our righteousness. Remember that? He is our righteousness. And because you have God's righteousness, your destiny is secure. But if you allow sin to come in, guess what? You destroy your destiny. Where there is no righteousness, there is no delivery of your destiny. It's not going to happen. That's not what God, you know, many Christians are not living uh, the destiny that God gave to them. God has an assignment for your life. God has a race for you to run. God has a promised land on earth for you here first. A land flowing with milk and honey. And then there is a destiny up there with the Lord. That's a glorious one. Now, you need to understand this. That when you get to heaven and God give, finally delivers your destiny based on what, how you lived here, guided by the word, you stay that way forever. You can change it. There are going to be rulers when we get up there. When they have been placed in their place of destiny, they stay that way. And that's why John... And James went to Jesus. Remember, those guys were smart. They went to Jesus. They said, when, when you come into your kingdom, and they got their mother, please, put pressure on him. We want to sit on your right hand and on your left. Remember that? And Jesus said, you don't, you guys, you don't know what you're asking for. Jesus didn't say, you guys are wrong. There's no sitting on my right hand. I'm, I'm going to be God. 
there will be individuals, people sitting on the right hand and left hand of power. And they stay that way forever. That's a position of power in the next kingdom. They will rule forever. You can't change it when you get there. And it's all based on what you do here. Your destiny depends on whose slave you are. Every man on the earth, every woman is a slave on the earth. You are either a slave of sin or you are a slave of righteousness. The Bible tells us that. Check that. Romans chapter 6. Every person on the earth is a slave. According to the scripture. You are either a slave of sin or you are a slave of righteousness. There's no middle ground. If you are not a slave of righteousness, guess whose slave you are? A slave of sin. You can scream and cry and say, I go to church, I, I pray, liar. You are a slave of sin if you are not a slave of righteousness. And this is the way Jesus put it. In John chapter 8 verse 34 and, uh, and through 36. He said, most assuredly, Jesus speaking, I say to you, that Jesus speaking, whoever, whoever, whether you go to church, you don't go to church, you are baptized, you're not baptized, you're a pastor, you're not a pastor, you're an evangelist, flaming evangelist, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. That's what Jesus said. If you are practicing sin, you are a slave of sin. You know, a slave cannot take a day off. You serve your master. When he calls, you listen. You can't say it's weekend, master. I'm not going to do anything today. There's no weekend for a slave. You serve your master. Jesus says, whoever commits sin, is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. You know what he's saying? If you get born again, because he was talking to the Jews, remember? They're supposed to be part of the house, in the house. If you are a slave, you can't be in the house forever. Only sons stay in the house forever. Slaves of sin don't stay in the house forever. You know, you hear all these strange things that Christians say, you know, once saved, always, always saved, and all of that. I listen to them. I don't want to argue with them. I don't believe that. But I listen to them. But that's not what Jesus said. <laughs> if you practice sin... You are a slave of sin. And slaves of sin don't go unless you're a slave of righteousness. So he said, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. If you are not free indeed, then you are a slave of sin. (laughs) There's not going to be a slave of sin in heaven. Why should a slave of sin be with God in heaven? What is he doing there? A servant of sin... In heaven, and that doesn't make sense. So it depends on you if you want to be, you know, many t- Christians say that, but I, I like I like to go I like to take you to a scripture today. 
You know, so you can decide yourself. If you are saved, yes, you can always be saved and you're going to heaven if you're right. Why? You are always saved. <laughs> but turn with me to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Verse 21. It says, For if God did not spare the natural branches, he's talking about the Jews, God did not spare the real thing. We are not considered, you Gentiles, we are not, this is the word of God. This is not my opinion, okay? And believe me, I'm not preaching because I'm mad. Or because somebody has told me something, I go as I feel led. I've been teaching this history since two Wednesdays now. It's just the way I feel led inside. And I'm, I'm just, and this is not for condemnation, it's to empower you so you know that you are no longer a slave of sin and don't give in. Don't let it be. That's what this is all about. If you are born again and you're living right, and you once saved, always saved, that's good. Yeah, go, yeah, it's great. But if you're not living right, you need to fear. Because the Bible says it's a tough thing to fall into the hand of the living God. You can do that, especially when you are in church. You make it really hard on God. He doesn't care too much of those sinners. But if you've taken Christ into your life, you don't have to do these things. You are destroying your destiny. God wants to give it to you, but you with your own hands and the things that you're doing, you're destroying your destiny. You will not make it. Not according to this scripture. And I'm going to read it for you here. You know, I'm not interested in having a, you know, this great church. I know we have so many people. What was that for? If only two people can make it into heaven. This is serious matter. Jesus gave, God gave his own life for this. This lukewarm stuff that we're, you know, in and out. We do whatever we like. Well, what if Jesus did whatever he liked? None of us would be here. He obeyed the Father even to the point of death. We're just doing whatever we like and we're believing we're going to make it. I think a lot of people are going to be sadly disappointed on that day. Because Jesus said, he's, he, not you, he is the one that is going to divide the goat from the sheep. Why are they in his presence if they are already goats? <laughs> he knows it. Jesus said, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, shall, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Simple as that. He says, the Lord knows those who are his. He's not because you say you are his, then you are his. He knows those who are his. He knows them. And your actions reflect that you don't belong to him. Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. He can even be a pastor and a priest. He may be the top one, but his actions prove. Jesus said, you can't really tell. But let me tell you, children, if you want to really know, watch what they do. Watch what they do. Watch what they do. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. He's not saying he's not going to spare you, but he may not. Just because you call Christ your Savior doesn't mean you're going to go in there. There were ten virgins. Remember those scriptures? Block, block them off your head. 
Or tear that page from your scripture. From your Bible. Tear the page off because you don't believe it. He said it. And Jesus said, the words that I speak, they shall judge you in the last day. So you're going to fight with those words on the last day. The same words that I speak will be your judge on the last day. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Now this is what it says. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell severity. But to, towards you, goodness. If you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. I believe in the prosperity. I believe in us doing well with God. I believe all of those things. I think we should have a great destiny on earth. I believe when God called you, he called you just the same way he called Abraham. He said, if you leave all of these things and you follow me, I'll make your name great. I will bless you. I will make you known. I'll give you children. I'll give you the land. A land flowing with milk and honey. He'll do all of those. But you have to follow him. You have to follow him with all of your heart. Or you're just playing games. Now, Jesus didn't care much about the, the sinners who were trying to get right with God. He loved those ones. But those that are claiming that they're okay and doing wrong, those were a problem for him. He spoke against them, but he didn't care about them. He went walking with those that were trying to get right with God. Don't ever place yourself on the other side and let him fight you with words. And call you names. You don't want to be found there. I don't want to be found there. I cry to God all the time. God help me. There are pastors that are going to go to hell. I guarantee you. You know, the more, when I started preparing this message, I started hearing all kinds of things. You know, my wife met with somebody. He's a, a, a preacher. I mean, he's into this type of sexual sin that even unbelievers would not even think about it. He thinks he's going to heaven. I mean, unbelievers would not even think about doing what this, man, this preacher was doing. Still doing, possibly. But he cannot put the two together. He believes, I received Jesus, I'm going to heaven. Wait a minute. We've been, we've been told a lie. Remember what Jesus said. The, the, the way to heaven is narrow. The gate is straight. Jesus told us that. He cannot lie to us. He says that the other way is really broad. There's all kinds of people in there. We really need to watch. I, I'm speaking to you not because I'm mad at anything. I'm talking to myself as well. I need to make it to heaven. I can't be acting silly because I'm pastor. Oh, you can't enter into here, into this place because you were not a pastor. Is that what God is going to say when we get there? Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail severity, but towards your goodness. If you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. If you don't continue according to that scripture, you will be cut off. Ten virgins, five foolish, five wise. The parable, basically Jesus is telling you, let me, let me show you how it works in the spirit realm. You can be a virgin and not make it. 
We got to be serious with this thing. For me, it's been since 1970. I've never been perfect all the way, but I want to stay with God. I'm not playing games. This thing is serious with me. Not about being a pastor. This is serious business. Sometimes we get so caught up with what we're doing, the success and all of that, and people are grading what you're doing. Who cares about that? That's just a short time in life. Very short. And people have been successful, so successful, no character. They came back down. And nothing. Because the weakness in your life that you refuse to deal with will eventually destroy you. Will destroy your destiny. Will destroy your destiny. It's amazing what's going on today. Slaves of sin. Slaves to anger. And they'll justify it for reason. Instead of repenting and dealing with the, the weakness, they justify it. It runs in the family. Christians today, all kinds of sins, deep, serious pornography. You remember Pastor Wendy, we were in England. Do you remember that guy who said, God, I took, I mean, this is an amazing world. This guy is a born again Christian. I mean, a Pentecostal believer. He told us, he said, God told me to write a book on pornography. All our eyes get wide. Wow. And then we, uh, the fellow we were, we say, wow, that's wonderful. He said, the, the, I, I'm in the, uh, trying to write now the, the last chapter, he said. The last chapter. And it's a real difficult one. So every, I mean, he got my attention. I mean, woo. he got everybody's attention. We were praying in the morning in the building that they called the ark, right? Remember Pastor Andy? And so we asked, why is this so difficult? He said, because I have to watch and read the very graphic pornography to write the book. And one of the leaders there said, well, that's very lamentable. Most Christians will not even dare to go that way. But you, God has called you to look into that. This time... I was very uncomfortable. And everybody was walking towards him to pray, but I was not going to pray with this fellow. So I finally told him, I said, fellow, you better know for sure that it was God that spoke to you to do this. Because God cannot speak against his word. The Bible says, abstain from all appearances of evil, Right? And here you are saying, God is the one that told you to go look at this stuff. You better be sure. And I told him, if, if it's not God, go for it. This thing is going to kill you. He said it was God. So they prayed for him. And later the doctor who was there, you remember the doctor? He said, he, when he got saved, that was his problem. Because she didn't even stay with us. She, she sat, sat away from us and didn't pray with us. He said he had problems with pornography before. He got saved. I, it was the next day or two days later, he came to me in church and said, I have completed the chapter. I'm not going back. I warned him, you're going to die this time. You can make excuses for whatever you want to do. There are Christians who drink. I'm not saying if you take a wine, I know some Christians drink, but some, some of them get drunk and they, they excuse it. It's a little wine for the stomach's sake.
Well, let me pray for you to have that stomach sick problem. So you can drink your little wine. It's an amazing thing. And they still think they're going to heaven. You're getting drunk and acting silly. You'll make it. Angry, bitter. You're a slave. You're a slave. Slaves don't abide in their house forever. I'm not... If, if, if that's you today, if this is God speaking to you, you need to change. There is hope. That's what this message is. There is hope for you to be free. I found that. You know, the of stuff that Christians say, and it confused you, and then you excuse things. You know, you read Romans chapter 7, and Romans chapter 7 says, when I want to do right, when I want to do right, evil is present with me. You read that scripture? So, when, if I'm doing something that I don't like to do, then it's no longer I that's doing it. You understand? You read that scripture? And then they tell us, that's the way we are helpless. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And that scripture used to really bother me because I figured if that's the case, let me just settle down. This is the way I'm always going to be. Flaky. And you see, we all sin every day. We all seen every day, so just accept that. But if you read the scripture carefully, the Bible says there in Romans 7, when we were in the flesh, the motion of sin moved in our members onto sin. You understand what I'm saying? The motion, when we were in the flesh, that's why in Romans chapter 8, it says, it says therefore there, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So you are free from the law of sin. He says the law had no power in us because of the weakness that was in the flesh. But God has dealt with that. When we were in the flesh, that which is born of the flesh is what? And that which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. That's not saying you're not going to sin ever, but it say, the Bible says that we have been transformed from what? From glory to glory. You find this problem in your life, man, why do I fly off in anger? What's with me? You understand what I'm saying? Why can't I kick the stand? So you know this is something that is trying to destroy your destiny. You understand what I'm saying? The only reason Satan has it there is to destroy your destiny. And when he begins to concern you, that's God putting his finger on it. Son, deal with it. Well, if you make an excuse for it, that thing is going to destroy your destiny. You may never make it. Samson was really fortunate. I think in his blindness, God allowed him and then he was able to repent and turn around. He was really fortunate. Balaam is not going to be in heaven, I guarantee you. He died. The, the Israelites killed Balaam as an enemy. So he won't make it. So sin is what destroys. Some Christians cannot get rid of bitterness. They can't forgive anything. And I know, I know to be compassionate is okay. But when I read the scripture, you have to take responsibility for what's going on in your life. You have to fight it. We are in a fight, you remember? It's a fight of faith. 
You don't let anything take over your life. Even if it's allowed. I, I just don't want it. I don't want to be known by anything except my devotion to the Lord. If there's question about it, whether they accept it or not, if it's going to make weaken my testimony, I don't want anything to do with it. Why? I want to serve God and you do till the very end. I want to see Jesus in peace. I want to be able to have a smile with a smile on his face. And I'm smiling also because there's nothing between us. There is a good relationship. Was I perfect? No. But I followed and I continued in his goodness till the very end. When you turn around and you begin to embrace these things, the destroyer of sin, sin will separate you from the giver of your destiny and separate you for righteousness who will deliver your destiny to you. So this morning I want to continue by letting us see the empowerment that we can receive from the word of God concerning this issue. We don't have to serve these things. We don't have to. In Romans 6, verse 1 to 3, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's believers. He says, Certainly not. Now, traditional King James says, God forbid. That's not who you are. When you are born again, you're free from that stuff. You can't continue to sin. If you practice sin, you are a slave of sin. We are slaves of righteousness. We come into that. We are slaves of righteousness. It says, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? God is not suggesting that you may have died. You understand what I'm saying? He said you died. When you receive Christ, you really died. And the reason why people will not allow the word of God to guide how they live is because they don't believe the word. The word says you died when you received Christ. That body of sin died. Why don't you believe it? We have to believe it. If you're going to be free, that's the way the Son will set us free, through the word. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Know the truth. You died when you receive Christ into that body of sin actually die. Don't try to rest body that's dead. Don't make excuses and pray for it so that he come back to life. He died. Believe the scripture. This helped me. I believe this word. God cannot lie. Let God be true and every man a liar. This is empowerment from God. You died to sin. Dead people don't sin. If I see a dead man going around into a, a girl, what they call girly shop, I see that guy was dead. How come he's alive going into that store? I mean, that's going to be really tough to watch. Dead people don't sin. Now that's what the Bible is saying. He says, do or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? In other words, if you're trying to confuse this death, he's not talking about natural death. But when we receive Christ in the mind of God, your sinful nature actually died with Jesus when you were baptized. It's the same way. That's why you need to be baptized today. Amen. 
You died with him in baptism. You died. This is the word of God. Verse 6. Say, it tells us that knowing this, you need to know this, okay? If you don't know this, you won't go far with God. You need to know this. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. You need to know that and accept it and believe it. That's the truth. If you don't, you will continue to make excuses and believe that, okay, this is okay because I'm struggling. I really love God, but I can't, I can't make it. I really can't kick this thing. God may just, must it. Others are doing the same thing. Well, everyone is not doing it. That's what we like to believe. Everybody's doing the same. It's not everyone. It's not everyone that's doing it. There are people who are living right for God. And we need to do that. Live right for God. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away. Notice the word used, might be. You can choose not to do away with the body of sin, but really God has made provision for us to do away with the body of sin. It's not, it doesn't mean you will not ever sin, but you see, practicing sin and going... Sin in some occasionally, they do two different things. The Bible talks about us going from glory to glory. I would like to move from this level to this other level. Now you know you got this anger issue, you can walk with it. and walking with God. And you'll be free from it. You can be free. Remember what the Bible says, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Because when you discover that you are weak in this area, you begin to mix it with the word of God, okay? And you begin to call on God and believe the word of God and confess that God's word, this is what God's word say about me. Guess what? In that area where you're weak, you become really strong. And then you can help others. But if you make excuses for it, guess what? That thing will destroy you. Because sin doesn't know how to quit. Likes to have children and great-grandchildren, you know? It starts with a little bitterness. Before long, you are mad at the whole world. Before long, you are at home, mad at pastor, mad at everybody. It doesn't quit. So we notice, it says, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be what? Slaves to sin. We're not slaves to sin. Don't make any excuse for it, you're not a slave. If you have received Christ, don't say, I can't help myself. No, you're lying. That's not the truth. That means you refuse to believe the word of God. That's what he's saying. I can't believe that because this is how I feel. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with how you feel. It's what you believe. Amen. So believe what the word says. You are dead to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. Put that body of sin away and be strong in the Lord and remove that sin consciousness that follows you everywhere you go where you are constantly struggling. I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. You wake up in the morning, God, please protect me so I won't sin. You know you're not going to sin. You are no longer a slave. Amen? If you obey, it's just you because you want to obey this guy for, 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 for whatever he can give to you. And if you don't like it, you quit. <laughs> you don't have to serve sin. You don't have to serve sin. You know, we heard this stuff, you know, that pastors, you know, it goes all around. You know, pastors, you know, they have this with somebody, the secretary. You heard that? Adultery stuff. And so I became a pastor and I joined the group of the endangered species. 
before, because before long, pastor has done something. And I went to the Lord, no, no, that's not me. I don't want to be caught in that kind of stuff. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be. It's my choice. It's my choice. I don't want to be. I commit that to the Lord. The Bible tells us very clearly. Whatever you commit to the Lord, He to keep until that day, right? I don't want to go there. I'm committing to God. I'm not going to do that kind of stupid stuff. It's just food. It's what you choose. You understand what I'm saying? It's what you choose. It's what you choose. Tempted? Yes, maybe you could. We will be tempted, but I'm not doing anything like that. You understand what I'm saying? You already committed it. You make your preparation before you get there. He says, Rehoboam did what was evil in the sight of God because he did not prepare his heart to follow God. It's really up to you. He did not prepare his heart. So God has made us free from sin. This is an, est- an established truth. This is a truth. Romans 6 verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Would you say that with me? Sin shall not have dominion over me. Believe the word of God. God is saying, because of everything Jesus has done, you are not a slave to sin. You don't have to do it. Don't say you are helpless. You make God a liar. You are not. Believe what the word says. That's the knowledge God wants you to do. What do you do with that knowledge? Believe it with all your heart. Believe what God has said. With all of your heart. Romans 6 verse 11 says, Likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. How do you do it? Reckon yourself. Consider yourself to be dead to sin indeed. That's how to be free. Don't make excuses for it. Don't act one way in church and act a different way at home. In doing that, you destroy everything around you. That's how Satan works. He likes to keep things in darkness. You don't have to go confess to everybody or go to a priest to confess, but deal with it before God. And God will give you freedom. If you want to be free, it's your choice. But if you don't handle that weakness properly, it destroys you. Many ministers have been destroyed. 14,000 members in a church started from scratch. Will not deal with a weakness. Brought you down, all the way to the down, bottom. <laughs> you may not be a preacher. <laughs> you destroy everything. Sin is really vicious. You kill everything in your, around you. But the good news is we don't have to go there. I am so convinced that Jesus whipped sin. Okay? He really did. And if you find yourself sinning, and we all get to that place, but it shouldn't be an everyday thing. You are not a slave. You understand what I'm saying? That's practice. Every day or every week, you're a slave. And if you find yourself that Jesus is clear, the word of God is clear, John tells us if we confess our sins, what's going to happen? God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Does he stop there? No. He says, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Every unrighteousness from your life. And then if he's taking all unrighteousness from your life, what's left? You got righteousness. 
And righteousness should deliver to you your destiny. That's the truth. Because of time, I'm going to go further. I need to let you know that righteousness... Leave some things out, but righteousness is the one that delivers your destiny to you. Righteousness. If you hold on to the righteousness that God is giving to you, that's why I like praying, telling the Lord, you are my righteousness. And you know, every time I do that, I get this joy inside of me. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. And I'm not just saying that, so God, you are my righteousness, so I'm going to go ahead and do all this crazy stuff. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. He is my righteousness. And as I praise him, and I thank him for his righteousness, his righteousness takes over. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't have to be sin conscious. I'm righteous before God. So I'm thinking about God, not about sin. You understand what I'm saying? God is my righteousness. I am a slave of righteousness. And I like being a slave of righteousness. This is fun. I'm not tormented in my mind constantly. You understand? I don't want to do this. Hold me back. Hold me back. No. He's just doing what naturally comes out of your life. Because God is at work there. Righteousness will deliver your destiny to you. Now, Psalm 5 verse 12. Can we put that on? Psalm 5, verse 12. For you, O Lord, we what? Bless the righteous. Huh? God will. No doubt about it. That's destiny, okay? When God blesses you, you are blessed. You, O Lord, will bless the righteous. And you will surround the righteous with favor as what? A shield. You got a child called righteousness. You got fever everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Fever around you. Everywhere you go. People just like you and they want to do things for you. Amen? They like to employ you. They'll kick everybody else out. But I can't kick. And sometimes they find out that it's because you are here that God is blessing. Remember Joseph? His boss loved him. Hey. You can have everything. I know it's because you are in my home. That's why I'm receiving all this blessing. Your employer will know. God blesses the righteous and surrounds them with favor as a shield. Remember? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How does he lead you? He leads you beside the still water. He leads you in righteousness. For his name's sake. See, that path of righteousness is so good. Amen? Amen. So you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And you have no fear. Amen? Because the righteousness of God is with you. He'll prepare a table before you. In the presence of your enemies. They can only watch while you enjoy the table that God has prepared before you. But he's leading you in the path of righteousness. Because good, good things happen in the path of righteousness. His goodness and mercy follow you everywhere you go. All the days of your life. And when it's all over, you inherit your 
second destiny when you get up there. Amen? Some of us need to change the way we think and the way we behave towards God. God doesn't like lukewarm. Okay? You're either hot or cold. You can make all the excuses you want, but there's going to come a day. It's called the day of judgment. They say through hell. Some, something, sometimes it's very little things. After I heard the testimony of this pastor that died, remember the pastor that died in Nigeria that was raised from the dead, he said there are so many pastors in hell. And many of them were telling me all I did is uh, I, I took some church fund. That's why I'm here. Now, he actually died. We had the video of it. And he was writing. You remember the story? He was talking, asking for his part because he was writing everything that, was, that he was seeing and was being told. He was writing them. And he said, that's talk because he's a pastor. And the pastor's got his attention. I, I believe it was a revelation God was telling him, you can wind up here. He said, my life is never going to be the same. I'm not touching anything, touch money. <laughs> that's what he said. Very serious. This Serious. Let me tell you this, okay? If you miss heaven and you have a chance to make it, you will regret that you were born. And you have eternity to regret. You know the truth. You just refuse to follow. Because you want to have your way. Success is good. Success without God is nothing. Get your life straight. Let's do God's work together. Amen? I said, get your life straight. Every one of you. If you don't, you know what the Holy Spirit has been telling me things lately? He says, you represent me. What you say, that's what that's what goes. And I believe that. But I'm telling you today, if you don't, when you get there, this very day is going to appear before you as a testimony and a witness against your life. I'm not interested in being a pastor. I'm interested somewhere because I want God to walk through us. Large church, a lot of people, that's good. But I want people to live for God. This is not a social club. This is living for Christ. And that's important to me. I would rather stop what I'm doing here and just go find something else to do. Okay? I want to be there feeling good when I see him. I don't want you to agree or disagree with me. That, that doesn't mean anything. I just need you to do what is right. Okay? Stand up with me. You know, we make a lot of altar calls, and I would like to do that. I'm not going to do that today. I want you to stay where you are. And make sure you get things right with God. Sometimes, for some people, the way you're acting, you only have a few days. You may not even know it. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes God, God gets tired with the way you're going. And he's had it. He's patient. But God said in Genesis, I will not always strive with man. You remember that scripture? 
I will not always strive. This is your day. Commit your heart to the Lord totally today. This is not a game. We sometimes forget because we're thinking church for business, ministry. I'm doing this. God is healing. Who cares? Heal and you not make it. That's not a good thing. This is very important to me. This is very, very important to me. And pray that it's very important to you. I speak God's blessings upon your life. I claim his righteousness. That's important to me. But I want to live right in everything that I do. Amen? If you are with me today, please raise your hand. I'm with you. We are all in this together. But you're making a commitment with all of your heart today and saying, God, from today, things are going to be different. I'm going to be so intense in my devotion to God. So intent on doing what is right from now on to please Him. Like Pastor Wes said, He's not going to be more pleased with you than... It's just you block your way, the way of him reaching you and ministering to you because you let sin destroy your fellowship and your destiny with him. Father, I pray for your people today. Today is a day of change. Today is a day of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Have your way in our lives, O God. And make, even as you've said in your word, Genuine, new creatures before our God. Pleasing unto God. We would like to hear the Father's voice in our heart. This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. We would like to hear that. It would be wonderful to hear that from you, God. It would be glorious to know that you're pleased with what we're doing. Not perfect, but we are being transformed. We are being changed from glory to glory. And we are loving it because of what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now.